Welcome to the Christ Community Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message, that it draws you closer to Jesus and helps you become more like Him. All right, I have a, we have a special guest this morning. Um, very excited to welcome Ron Hamilton today. Ron is a uh, church planter, a pastor. He is the conference minister of the Conservative Congregational Christian Conference. Yes, it's a mouthful called the Four C's. Just say that. Um, Ron has become a friend of mine in the past few years, and uh, when he was going to be in town, I asked if he would come and share the word with us, and he graciously accepted the invitation. And so now I'm going to invite Ron Hamilton. Good morning. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm kind of sorry that you closed the blinds here. Uh, I, I, I kind of took it personally at first. I thought, well, maybe you saw that your guest speaker didn't have any hair, and maybe all the sun would, you know. And then I looked at Brandon, and I thought, no, that can't be the reason. <laughs> and I, but if you can imagine that all open, you know, I want to tell you that looks just like Minnesota, where I'm from, without the mountains. <laughs> Blue sky, green trees, uh, all of that. It's uh, very nice to be with you today. I appreciate uh, the invitation to come and to share along with you. And I just look forward to uh, speaking to you today, mainly uh, kind of an overview of some things from the entire book of Hebrews. Uh, It's a great book, and I'm going to refer to it many different times today. Uh, My encouragement to you is to, throughout this week, just open up your Bibles to the book of Hebrews and to read through it. A number of weeks ago, I was uh, just kind of going through Facebook, one of my daily routines, and I saw a, a posting that was there. And oftentimes, as I look at that, I wonder, where do people get all this stuff <laughs> that's there? And uh, it's interesting that Brandon uh, shows uh, that he's got a conference coming or something with his family. Uh, but these quotes and these sayings, where do they all come from? This was a very interesting one, and we're going to take a look at it here. Uh, basically, it, the title of this is Choose Your Hard. Uh, it says, Marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your hard. Obesity is hard. Being fit is hard. Choose your hard. Being in debt is hard. Being financially disciplined is hard. Choose your hard. Communication is hard. Not communicating is hard. Choose your hard. Life will never be easy. It will always be hard. But we can choose our hard. Pick wisely. Now, I tend to be a pretty positive person. And so this kind of didn't resonate terribly with me. Uh, But I I kind of thought, well, there might be some things that we would automatically add to this list along this line, things that are kind of hard. Uh, So I'm in Denver now. I know that you're Broncos fans. Uh, I don't know whether cheering for the Broncos or not cheering for the Broncos is hard. (laughs) Uh, Choose your hard. Uh, For us in Minnesota, we're Vikings fans, and I will tell you, cheering for the Vikings is hard. Not cheering for the Vikings is hard. We have to choose our heart. Uh, first game of the year, we march right down, ready to have a field goal. Our star running back, all pro, fumbles, game over. The next week, wonderful game. Our quarterback is playing elitely. Everything is just awesome. And I text my son, and I said, Jason, this is awesome. The Vikings are playing so great today. He said, Dad, you know how this is going to turn out. <laughs> 
And uh, sure enough, we get down, a field goal, kick goes wide. Choose your heart. Uh, more seriously, I think um, there are things that we could look at and think about what's hard. As a believing community, uh, we might say atheism is hard, believing is hard. Choose your heart. I, I want to tell you today that there are likely some people that are not here or they are not in any place of worship today because they've had some very bad religious experiences in which it was very hard, a lot of things imposed on them. Rules and regulations and things along that line. And so this morning, when the sun comes up in Denver, a lot of people are saying, no, I'm not gonna go to church, it's just too hard. Now, I think all of this misses something that is a wonderful teaching that was shown at the end of the video this morning. This is not the invitation to Jesus. Not the invitation of Jesus. The words of Jesus who looks at people in his generation and sees for them that life is very hard. He understands that he comes into an age in which the political scene is completely upset. This land of Israel is overrun by a foreign land and the Roman government rules and it's tyrannical. And, and there's all kinds of seeds of rebellion there and he sees these people that are restless and hard. He sees people that have been afflicted by the Judaizers. The people who take all of the rules and the regulations of the Old Testament and they choose to add to them and add to them and add to them. And there's no way that these people figure they could ever live up to be the people of God. And for them, life is hard. He sees many people that are afflicted and have many different things and he's filled with compassion in all of his life for the people who face the difficulties of life physical, relational, emotional, spiritual. And he sees that it's hard. And Jesus looked at them and he has compassion and he says to them this, come to me. Come to me if you are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. What, a, what an option that is. To just simply say, well, choose your heart. What a wonderful invitation it is from Jesus. Come to me if life is hard, if you're burdened and don't think you can live up to what God wants you to be or what other wants you to be or what you think you can be. Come to me and I will give you rest. What I'd like to do today is to take you through one portion of the book of Hebrews and to read some thoughts of the author of Hebrews on this idea of rest, and then talk to you today about how we can experience that kind of rest in our own lives. I'm going to read from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. It's going to be up here on the, uh, on the screen. Uh, I'm just reading through these verses. Therefore... Since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful 
that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who believed. Now we who have believed enter that rest just as God said, so I declared on oath in my anger they shall never enter that rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world, and somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all of his works. And again, in the passage above, he says, They shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, and do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Now, that's a mouthful, <laughs> and that's an awful lot to think about, and so I just want to give you some of the background behind it before we talk about what we can do to experience that rest. First of all, there is the reminder here of God in creation, creating the world on six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. And it, it's very interesting. We know that God didn't need to rest, but what he was doing is setting a pattern in life that rest is good. It's not all about hard work. Rest is good. And he promises a Sabbath rest. There's also the idea of the children of Israel in their history of being captive in Egypt and then the Lord giving them a promised land, a land of rest, and them moving toward that land but not getting to that land because of their disobedience. He said, because they disobeyed and they did not honor me completely, they cannot enter that rest. And in a similar way, there's the lesson here of, of many people today trying to come to God through their own hard, hard work and thinking they can earn their salvation through what they do. And he's making it very clear, that's not it. It's about something that only God can do, and we receive it, and we enter that rest. And then he comes down and he uses this very unique phrase, today. Now, your pastor has some theological training. I'm sure, you know, he studied this, as have many theologians and pastors over a period of time, and that one word today is loaded with meaning. I happen to be kind of rather simple, and when I read something in the Bible, I take it seriously. And I think that when you open God's word and you see something about today, you should take it literally. I really believe that, that in many ways the scripture is jumping across time 
and speaking to us today on this first Sunday in October in 2021. Offering us something today that we can experience. And what I wanted to talk to you about today is just some of the teaching of the scripture about how we experience that rest that God has promised today. The first encouragement I think we read from this scripture is to trust in Jesus in every area of your life. Hebrews 4 is preceded by some words in Hebrews chapter 3. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. And if you keep reading through Hebrews, you'll see this is a repeated theme. And after the great faith chapter that we're going to come back and talk about in a minute, there are these words in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And so today, on this day, October the 3rd, 2021, we are encouraged to trust in Jesus in every area of our lives. Let us not miss the simplicity of our faith. The simplicity of our faith resonates with these words. Jesus, only Jesus. That, that by grasping those words and appropriating them to our lives, that we can say today, today, Lord, I want to experience all that you've given to me. I want to experience your rest. I have a friend who's been a mentor, a teacher. Uh, he's pastored in many, many different type circumstances. And I was actually in some training that he was given and he shared something. He said, people come to him and they say, and they ask him this question, Mike, when did you give your heart to Jesus? And he said, whenever I'm asked that question, he said, it's very easy to answer. Today, this morning. And everybody who knows Mike and knows the depth of his understanding of God's word and, and hears that his life with Christ is real and it's evidence knows that his faith journey didn't just begin that day. There was a day a long time ago when Mike first encountered Jesus and he received Jesus as his Lord and his Savior. But it is true when asked, when did you give your heart to Jesus? He could say, today, this morning. You know, I stand before you today, uh, Brandon shared a little bit of my uh, life journey. I've actually been in ministry for 50 years. I've planted churches, I've pastored established churches. I served across the country. I'm actually a third-generation pastor. 
And I want to tell you, all of that doesn't mean a hill of beans if today, this day, when I hear God's voice, I, I don't say, Lord, I give my heart to you today. I want to experience your rest and your peace. You see, when we do this, we understand that, that it's such a, such a wonderful, comprehensive thing that we do. We, we say, Lord, I know that you're my Savior. The book of Hebrews said, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And by saying, Jesus, I receive you today, we are saying, I cannot earn my way to God. There's nothing in me, and our words of confession say that, don't they? There's nothing in us that can earn our way to God. But Jesus, through his life and his death on the cross, has accomplished everything necessary through his sacrifice for us to be forgiven. And so on this morning, in Christ's community church, we say, today, I receive your salvation in a new way. The book of Hebrews talks about the hope that we have in the Lord. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. And you know, there's so many, many things in life that we can enjoy and that we can experience. And, and it's just wonderful. These are gifts of God to us, good gifts of family and, and material things. And we're, we're looking forward this week just to some good fellowship and sharing some things together in this wonderful area. But we understand that all of those things have limits. We can't anchor ourselves in other people or in money or in fame or anything like that. But in Jesus, we have a hope that's an anchor for the soul. And today, this morning, we say, Lord, I put my hope in you today. We, we, we seek him for all of our help. The book of Hebrews says, we have a high priest who is able to sympathize with all of our weaknesses. And I love that about Jesus. God incarnate who sympathized with all of the things that we face. In, in my own family, we've, we've had a lot of things that, that have brought weakness to our life. We, we've had COVID hit our family in, in some very significant ways. And I remember when the COVID pandemic first came, I'm kind of a math person and I would kind of, what are the percentage what are the percentages that I'm going to get it or somebody else is going to get it? Within a few months, my granddaughter was at college and she got it. And just a few weeks later, my brother out in upstate New York got a very, very severe case of COVID and was actually hospitalized and in rehab for five and a half months. Just a little over a month ago, my sister-in-law died of complications from COVID. And I tell you this today simply to say, I know weaknesses, I've never known it before. And how fragile life is. But what a joy it is today, today, to say, Lord, I am weak, but you are strong. Give me your rest, give me your peace. And so let us not miss the simplicity of our faith. Jesus only Jesus, who gives us salvation and hope and help 
And in him we find our rest. There's been something that's happened in the Hamilton household over the past 18 months. You know, we've been consumed with news and, and all the different things that we faced. You know, folks, I come from Minnesota. We, in that land, we've, we've, we've had tremendous conflict and tremendous affliction. And I've always been the kind of person that wants to be up on things and to listen and to read. But, but we found ourselves many times just listening to this about COVID and that about COVID and this about race and that about race. And our hearts are so feeling stirred up and confused. The other day, I'm listening, now they tell us our mail's gonna be later than later. And I just simply go, click. I turn it off and I turn on some worship music. And I say, today, I want to know more about Jesus. And then Jesus will help me through all of these things. And so, what do we do? We trust in Jesus in every area of our lives. Now, interestingly enough, um, that little quotation on choose your heart talks about choosing wisely. And you may wonder, well, does this pastor think that there's nothing we have to do to engage ourselves in this? And I would say, yes, there is. That this scripture goes on and it tells us that every day and today, we have to take steps of faith that bring us that rest. When you look at verse 2, it says, for we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who believe. Interestingly enough, this is talking back to the people of Israel who did not get into the promised land. Their disobedience, their sinfulness led them from God. They said they did not share the faith of those believed. And if you go back and you study this, it really is talking about combining faith with belief, commingling our actions every day, taking steps to say, I believe something and I'm going to act on it. And when you go through the book of Hebrews, you'll see in Hebrews 4.11, then this word, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. There is an old time hymn that's called, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. And that song has kind of uh, found some resurrection today and has been sung in different ways. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to daily rest on his promises, just to prove him o'er and o'er. And, and there's this idea of of trusting in Jesus, but then say, this is his word, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to prove it in my own life. And so if you go and you look at the great chapter of Hebrews, the faith chapter, you will read the story, account of real people who took faith seriously. Faith is, is the hope of things that we don't see, things that we don't know, we don't understand, and they trusted God for mighty things. They said, I want to experience God's best, but I need to act on it. And they combined their belief with action and with faith. 
And, and when you go and you study through the whole book of Hebrews, you see that there's all kinds of encouragement of ways, simple ways that we can do that. We, we can do it by opening up our Bibles and, and reading our Bibles together. Right after this teaching, it says the Word of God is alive and active. In other words, today, if you want to find peace, you want to have, find rest, just open up the Word of God and read it and say, Lord, speak to me today. Uh, we can pray. The book of Hebrews said, let us then approach God's throne with grace and confidence so that we may receive, may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Today, today we can study God's word, we can pray. Interestingly enough, it talks about the idea that, that what we're doing here Today, gathering in this place of worship is a way that we take a step to experience God's best, to experience his peace and his rest. The book of Hebrews says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as, as the, some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more you see as the day approaching. Today, you got up, and you say, I want to be with God's people. I want to worship. And you're mingling your beliefs with actions of faith to be encouraged to experience God's best. And interestingly enough, you know, I think that there's no mistake, and there's, it's, it's very easy to understand. We live in a very restless society. At the same, same time, we lead in a society where church attendance is on a constant decline. And COVID hasn't helped it. They say that one-third of people who used to go to church dropped out in the last 18 months. How can we experience the rest of God and the peace of God without meeting together? In the key relationships of life, Hebrews says, keep on loving each other. And it says, marriage should be honored by all. In the key relationships of life, we put to the test our faith and say, God, I want you to work in this relationship. I want you to help me to have a happy marriage and a happy home. I'm going to commingle my beliefs with actions of faith. It says there is no discipline that seems pleasant at the time, but painful later on. However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Even in times of difficulty, when we wonder where God is, we trust him, we obey him, and we're trained by it. We commingle what we believe in our heads and we feel in our hearts with daily steps of action to say, God, by doing this, I'm going to trust that you will give me peace. We learn, we grow, it becomes a lifestyle. A couple of weeks ago, well, it's been a little over a month ago, my wife and I journeyed up to northern Minnesota to a place, if you've never been to Minnesota, you've got to go to the North Shore. It's a beautiful place up north of Duluth, and we like to go up there. And on the way home, we passed through the town of Two Harbors, and we drove down to Duluth. Now, that was a very important trip because in 2005, Shirley and I ran a marathon from Two Harbors to Duluth, 26.2 miles, and uh, it was a real battle. 
And so as we drove along that, we remembered all the good memories. And we did it. Uh, not in record time. <laughs> Our goal was simply to finish the race. But we did it. But as we were riding along there, we remembered that we couldn't have finished the race if we hadn't trained for months. If we hadn't put the desire to run the race to the test. And so in February on cold Minnesota days, March on rainy days, in April when the days got longer, we ran and we ran and we ran. So that on that June day in Grandma's Marathon, we could experience the very best. And you know, it's the same thing. How can we expect to experience all of God's best if somehow we don't put it to the test and are trained by all of this? And so there is a promise to us today of a Sabbath rest, peace in God. We're called to trust in Jesus in every area of our lives and to take steps of faith. Now let's go back and let's think about that little saying that I found on Facebook, choose your heart. I believe that probably if you read that, some of that did resonate with you. You said, nah, that has been a little hard for me. And as I began to think about other things that, that we might add to that, you are already adding your list of what's hard. And, and I would like to conclude today by saying, I don't think Jesus wants us to choose our heart. What he wants is to take all of that that's hard and to hear him again say, come to me. All of you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Today, today when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, but receive him. Think of that wonderful invitation that, that thousands of people when Jesus said that, said, Jesus, I want that for myself. And think about him speaking to us today with that very same thing. What's hard for you? Are you struggling to try to, to please me on your own and not fully accepting my grace and forgiveness? Choose your rest in me. Are you struggling with relationships? Are you struggling with the confliction of the world? Find your rest in me. Come to me if life is hard and I will give you rest. Lord Jesus, as we come today, we've learned from this invitation. And we don't want to be like people who heard the invitation and then disobeyed you. Today we want to be people who experience all of your rest and all of your peace by joining Mike and saying, today, Lord, I give my heart to you. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the promises. Lord, help us by your grace 
to experience all that you promised to us. We pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast this week. For more information on Christ Community Church in Southeast Denver, visit ChristCommunityDenver.org.